Welcome to the Fresh Word Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Hello, my friends. Here we are together again. Oh, I tell you, we're congregating around a screen, but we're still connected together in heart. And hopefully we're finding ways to connect together uh, personally, by phone, or whatever ways we're allowed to do right now. But I tell you, the Word of God is doing us good. Got an amazing, amazing service today. But the Word that God dropped on my heart is one that I really love. We're going to talk about five reasons why you ought to trust God. You know, in this season, we need to trust God. There's so many things that are happening around us. Our life is being kind of shaken. Things are shaking up. Things are not as they used to be. It's like sometimes you don't know what to trust. You don't know who to trust. Think about it. There's information coming from everywhere. What information do we trust? This guy says this. The other one says that. There's so many things happening. Trust is being shaken. But I want to let you know there is one foundation. There was one rock. There was one anchor we can all rest on, and we can put our trust in God. So let's talk about that for a minute. What I'm going to do is give you some reasons why you ought to trust God. But first of all, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Lean not to your own... (laughs) You know it, I said it wrong. Let's try it again. Let's back up. Let's try it again. Trust in the Lord with... Say it again, I didn't hear it. With all of your heart. That's an amazing statement. Think about that. Trust in God with everything you've got. Lean not to your own knowledge, your own wisdom, your own understanding, though valuable, it's limited. But in all of your ways, everything you do, acknowledge him, check in with him, and he will direct your path. Very powerful, very profound. Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, he will direct your path. Isaiah 26, verse 3, it's a very interesting verse. It says this, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because He trusts in you because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. All over the Bible, the Bible says we should trust in God. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. If we're going to trust in somebody, we ought to have some reasons why we should trust in him. Some time ago, I wanted to do some flight training. And I walked up to this guy and I said, hey, uh, can you be my flight instructor? He said, sure, I'll be glad to do that. And I said, wait a minute. Why should you be my flight instructor? Tell me, about, tell me about yourself. And then he said, you know what? I've been flying since I was in my 20s. He was probably in his 60s, almost 70. He said, I've got 20 plus thousand hours in an airplane. I've flown everything from jets to C-130. So I said, stop, you can be my instructor. You know what happened? He was saying, I've got a resume. I've got experience. You can trust me. If you're going to go somewhere and you have a tour guide, you better get a tour guide who knows where he's going. Because if somebody doesn't know where they're going, I don't want them experimenting on me. Everybody's saying, trust God. Put your faith in God. But what is it about God that makes me able to trust him? Let's talk about that for a minute. Let me give you five reasons. Number one, trust him because he's God. That means he's sovereign. That word sovereign is a very beautiful word. It means he's in control. It means he does what he wants to do. That means everything is a result of his will, that if he wills something, it will become. Let me make it very plain to you. If God wanted the sky to be pink instead of blue, it would turn pink. If God wanted the earth to stay for a million more years, it's going to stay. If he wants to burn it up by fire and start another one, it's going to happen. He is sovereign. He's in control. He does what he wants to do. He's not asking any questions. That's who he is. We ought to be able to trust somebody who's absolutely in control. 
Sometimes you walk into a store and you want some information and you go to a person there and says, where do I find this? Or can I do this? Uh, I want to write a check. Can I write a check? And they don't really know what's going on and they're fumbling around. Listen, give me the manager. Give me somebody in control. You ever call customer service and you got the clerk there who's probably sitting in their house on a computer, just got the job six months ago, and you're trying to tell them some things and they're, listen, can I speak to your supervisor? What you're saying is give me somebody who knows what they're doing. Let me tell you something. The sovereign God knows what he's doing. Every molecule, every atom in this universe came out of him, came from him. He is sovereign. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. Look at Psalm 13, verse 5 and 6. Look what it says here. Psalm 13, verse 5 and 6 says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does. Did you hear that? Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in the earth, in the seas and in all the deep places. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 13 says this, consider the work of God, for who can make straight what God has made crooked? And I love that. If God made something crooked, who can straighten it out? If God made something straight, who can make it crooked again? Isaiah 43, verse number 13 says this, indeed, yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall turn it back. Psalm 95, verse number three says this, for the Lord is a great God, a great king above all the gods. We can trust him because he's God. He's in control. Let me tell you why we get a little bit confused sometimes. Although he's God, he's given human beings free will. He likes you to choose. He won't make you follow him He won't make you serve him. And some people confuse the sovereignty of God with everything that's happening around us. They feel like everything that's happening is happening because God wants it to happen. That's not necessarily true. Everything that's happening around us is not happening because God wants it to happen. Although God is sovereign, he gives human beings free will and gives human beings responsibility to make decisions. But here's what God is saying. If you're mine and I'm yours, I, the sovereign God, can cause my will to come to pass. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your path. So even though somebody over here might make a bad decision, God said, I'm sovereign. I'll fix it up, and I'll work it out over here. He's the only person, only being in the world, that could give people free will and cause history to end up where he wants it. I want you to think about that again. He wrote in the book of Revelation what's going to happen. We know how it's going to end. He's the only being who could give you free will and then at the end of the day cause history to end up exactly where he wants it. That's God for you. So listen, trust him because he really is God. Here's how the Bible describes him. He's omnipresent everywhere. He's omniscient, knows everything. He's omnipotent, has all power. He's eternal outside of time. We'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, you can trust in the everlasting God. When I walk into a gym because I want to look a little bit more like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and I want to hire a personal trainer, and I go to the front counter and I say, I need somebody to train me. They say, good, we've got somebody for you. And out walks Pee Wee Herman. I go to another gym. You can't train me. You don't have a track record of having muscles. How are you going to get muscles on me? And I'm here to tell you that if you want to know how to grow in this season, if you want to know how to get better in this season, there is a God who, listen, holds the whole world in his hand. 
He's got a track record of being the ancient of days. He has never lost a battle and will never lose a case. You can trust him. Number one, you can trust him because he's God. He's sovereign. Number two, you can trust him because he's good. Moses. I love Moses. Moses spoke to God face to face like a man speaks to a friend. Had a very dynamic, intimate relationship with God. But there was a day when Moses wanted more. And he said, God, show me your glory. God said, I'll show you my glory, but you can't really see my fullness. You can't see all that I am. God wasn't saying, I don't want to show it to you. You're not worthy. He was saying, you literally can't see it because if you see it, it'll kill you. He said, here's what I'll do, Moses. I'll put you up in a rock. I'll cover you with my hand. I'll pass by. You'll see my back, but you can't see my face. So he put Moses in a rock, covered him, covered Moses so Moses can't see his face. God passed by. Oh, I wish I could have seen what that looks like. But when God passed by, he began to make a proclamation. You find it in Exodus chapter 34, verse 5. And here's what it says. The Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Verse 6. And here's what he said. When he proclaimed that name in verse number 6, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the 34th generation. When God passed by Moses, he said, listen, I'm going to proclaim my own name. I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to declare before you who I am. And then he said, here's who I am, the Lord. I'm merciful. I'm kind. I'm gracious. I'm abundant. I'm good. I'm full of truth. Let me tell you something. God is good. I had an experience some time ago that absolutely wrecked me. It taught me an aspect of God I didn't understand before. I'm a pilot and I fly those small airplanes. And I was heading over to Atlanta one day. I'll never forget it. It was one of those mornings where the air was smooth as glass. I had a deck of clouds. The top was about 5,000 feet. I broke out from that deck of clouds. The sun was just rising over the clouds. It was a beautiful picture. The air was perfect. The temperature was perfect. I leaned back. I put on the autopilot. I sat back in my seat. And man, it was just beautiful. And all of a sudden, it's like God came inside that airplane. I'm telling you, he was there. I didn't see anything, but it's like that airplane filled with his presence. It's almost like I could sense he's sitting right there. I mean, I mean, it's like God is there. And it was such a strong presence and such a, a great power that was in there. I was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And I thought maybe he wants to talk to me. So I, I quieted myself and I got ready and I thought he had a message for me. Nothing happened. He didn't say anything. No message, nothing coming in my mind, nothing coming in my heart. But he's there. He's there. And that's, I was like, what? 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 And all of a sudden I had an impression in my mind. I I just felt this rise from my heart. It's like God said to me, nothing, son. You were enjoying a moment, and I just wanted to enjoy it with you. I said, oh, my God. It wrecked me. It touched my heart in such a deep way because I grew up in a very legalistic background. I saw God as a God who's always mad at you and always going to judge you, and God started showing me something. I'm good. I love you. I'm for you. Listen, in the midst of all this going on, you have to understand God's for you. God loves you. God is good. And sometimes what's good for you might not feel good. Sometimes God is arranging things in a way that you don't really understand, but trust in his goodness. Listen, if you don't see his plans, 
If you can't trace his hand, if you don't understand, trust his heart because his heart is incredibly good. You can trust him because he's good. There are people in your life you know. If you need to borrow some money, you can trust them because they're good. They'll give you money. If you run out of food and they have food, they'll give you food. Let me tell you about God. God says, I will never leave you and never forsake you. We'll talk about that in a minute. David said, I once was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. He is good. You can trust him. Let me tell you a third thing. He's precise. Now that might interest you, did I use that language? He's precise. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. God is precise. He knows how to guide you, lead you, direct you, and get you where you need to be. I heard something the other day that, that just blessed me. You know, we have the sun. We have these planets that rotate around the sun. We have these, these planets that, that orbit around the sun and so forth. And the earth goes around the sun at a one-eighth inch one-eighth inch orbit around the sun. It's like one-eighth of an inch. If that was a little bit more, say a little bit less, one-sixteenth of an inch, or a little bit more, one-fourth of an inch, in the wintertime, the, sun, uh, the, the earth would be so far away from the sun in the wintertime, we would freeze to death. And in the summertime, it'll be so close to the sun, we would burn up. God keeps the earth orbiting around the sun at such precision that life can exist on this planet. And I thought about that the other day. If God causes the earth to rotate around the sun at the proper orbit of one-eighth of an inch, then can't he direct you and cause you to be where you need to be when you need to be there? Oh, yes, he can. I've had so many amazing moments in my life that I knew this can't be anything but God, and I'm sure so have you. He's precise. Let me give it to you this way. He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. He may not do it the way you think it should be done, but he's precise. He can get you where you need to go. He can do in your life what needs to be done because he is just that accurate and that precise. So I believe in God. That, listen, the Bible says God can restore years. You ever read that verse that says in Joel 2, that God will restore the years, the canker worm is eaten, the palmer worm is eaten, the locusts have eaten. If God can restore years, even if you mess up, I believe God can help you make up for the time you lost. We should trust him because not only is he God, sovereign, not only is he good, but he's precise. He knows what he's doing and he can get you where you need to go when you need to go there. The fourth reason we should trust him is because he's eternal. He is what? He's eternal. That means he's outside of time. Isaiah 46.10 says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Oh my goodness. Here's what the Bible said. God said, I'm so God, I declare the end from the beginning. Did you hear that? You didn't hear that. No, no, you didn't hear that. Here's what God said. I will declare, I will tell you the end before it starts. Just imagine every Alabama-Auburn game or wherever you might be watching this, not Louisiana. Oh, anyway, just to t you're going to watch a game. And you could sit down and get on the loudspeaker and tell everybody exactly what's going to happen. How many plays, how many yards each quarterback is going to throw for, what the score is going to be at the end of the game. I mean, you will be somebody everybody would follow. God said, you know what I do? I tell you the end before it ever starts. Number one, I tell you the end of your life before it started. You know God knows everything about you. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms. I love it. He said, all of your days were written in a book before one of your days 
happened. Before you were ever born, every one of your days were written in a book. God is sovereign. He is so sovereign. He is so knowledgeable. He knows so many things. He is eternal outside of time that he can declare the end from the beginning. And that's, that leads me to a word in Greek that I love in the Bible called proorizo. It's a word called predestination. That word literally means pro before and orizo meaning horizon. Before you're ever born, God gives you a horizon. Before you're ever born, God knows your end. If God knows my end before I'm born, can I not trust him today? Can I not trust him in the middle of the journey? Even if I took a wrong turn, he knows how to get me back on track, man. He's just that big. He's just that good. We ought to trust him because he's eternal. Hallelujah. There's a word in the Bible called Olam El. It's a way of describing God. And that word literally means God is eternal outside of time, which means God's bigger than time. He, he, is, he made time. He created time. So we can only go forward in time. We can't go backward. But God is so big, I believe he can go backward in time, forward in time. He can do whatever he needs to do. And I remember a story after I taught this one day, my daughter. My, my daughter has my two precious grandkids, and she was on the way to work. But before she, she got in her car to go to work, she was brushing her hair in the mirror. And she felt an impression rise up in her heart. She had thoughts that said, call on the name of God as your dad taught in service yesterday. But being a good preacher's kid, she couldn't remember what I said. So she called me up and said, hey, dad, what's that thing you were talking about yesterday? I said, oh, that's Olam El. That's the eternal God. That's the God that's already in your future and, and still in your past. That's the God who can do anything he wants to do because he's not bound by time. She said, thank you. She hung up the phone and said, God, if you're already in my future, go before me today and make everything work out all right. So she gets in the car. She's rushing to work late, forgets to strap my grandkids in. They're without seatbelt. She's in an SUV, zooming to work, driving about 50, 70 miles an hour probably, and all of a sudden, she forgets that she, she, she remembers she didn't put on mascara, so she puts down the mirror and starts putting on mascara with my kids in the car driving 70 miles an hour in the rain. Yes, she did that. Now, we had a, we had a come to Jesus meeting after that, but here's what happened. She puts the mirror up, looks up, and a truck is stopped right in front of her. I mean, it's probably 50 to 70 feet. I mean, right there. She slams on brakes. The truck starts spinning around, goes into the median, spins around seven times. Grass is flying everywhere. The kids in the back don't know what's happening. They think it's fun. They're like, wait, mommy, let's do it again. It's, it's crazy. But when it stops, she's on the other side of the truck by some miracle, and the truck just starts going in the same direction it was going. She doesn't know how. It's almost like no way. The truck is spinning around, 360-degree spins in the median. It stays upright. It ends up on the other side of the truck going in the right direction. It was a total miracle. But she said, God, you're already in tomorrow. You're already in my day. If there's anything in my day that's going to hurt me or affect me, go ahead of me and make everything all right. He's Olamel. He's eternal. He's outside of time. He knows everything. He knows what's going on with you. Put your trust in him. Rely on him. Stop worrying. Stop stressing. Just say, God, I'm going to trust you. Do what you do when you get on an airplane. You get on an airplane and you sit down, and you may feel a little nervous when you have turbulence, but you don't know where the thing is going. You don't know how high it's going. You just sit and trust that that pilot's going to get you there. Trust that God's going to get you where you need to go. Trust that he's going to get you through this. Trust that everything is going to be all right. 
We ought to trust him because he's God. We ought to trust him because he's sovereign. He's good. He's God. He's sovereign. The third reason we ought to trust him is because what? Come on, you remember, tell me. He's precise. The fourth reason we ought to trust him is because he's eternal. And the last thing I'm going to tell you, we ought to trust him because he's sticky. <laughs> That's a strange term for God. But yeah, he's sticky. What do I mean, what do I mean by that? He likes, he likes to stick with you. He's not the kind of God that's with you today and running away from you tomorrow. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? It is written, for his sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conqueror through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul said, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen to the word? Paul said nothing can separate me from him. He's mine and I'm his. He says in a word, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. He's God. He's good. He's eternal, he's sovereign, he's precise, and on top of that, listen, he wants to hang with you. He'll stay with you. If there's distance between you and God, guess who moved? He didn't move. You moved because he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What happens to us so many times, even in weakness, even in sin and issues, we try to run from God. That's what Adam did. In the Garden of Eden, he messed up and God came looking for him. He ran from God to hide. God said, don't run from me. Come to me. I'll help you. I'll clean you up. I'll make you righteous. You know, all this stuff that's going on around us, I really feel like it's an hour we need to check our life, check our hearts. I feel like we need to repent of things we're doing that are not right. What does repent mean? That's a big church word. But here's what it means. To change, to go in a different direction, to start doing things the way we, want, we know God wants us to do them. And trust God. See, some people think the only way to have fun is to do everything everybody else is doing. Only way to have fun is to drink and to smoke and to curse and to you know, go out and to be wild and to have parties and to sleep around with a whole bunch of people. That's not the only way to have fun. Trust God that if you give your life to him, yes, your life might change some. But I tell you, you could have more joy and more peace and more rest than you've ever had in your life. It's time to trust him. Trust him in the midst of Corona. Trust him in the midst of all that's going on in our world, and it's time to trust him with your life because he's worthy of that. And I want you to pray with me right now. If you've never given your heart to Christ, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father, I come to you now. I give you my life. Teach me how to serve you. Teach me how to love you. Fill me with your spirit. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you text? Would you reach out? Would you say something? Would you put something in the comment section? Or check us out online on website. Leave us a message. Drop us an IM or something. Reach out in some way or another and let us know so we can be praying for you and impacting you. If this touched you in any way, share the feed. Would you do that? Would you share it with somebody else? Sign up for our YouTube channel, Facebook channel. Let's stay connected because we need to encourage each other in this hour. I believe everything's going to be all right, but yes, we do need to trust God. When the government may fail, I know a lot of people are waiting on checks and, uh, you know, checks on the way. Checks might have already come so far, but listen, if the check comes, if the check doesn't come, trust God. 
God can make a check come from somewhere else. He can take care of those areas. Thanks for listening to the Fresh Word Sermon of the Week podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit anointedchurch.org. To support this ministry and help us continue to reach people all around the world, you can text Fresh Anointing to 77977.